welcome to the Emergence Discipleship Podcast, created to equip ourselves with insight, background, and context into the themes and topics we study each week, first as we gather together to worship Jesus, and then as we go and make disciples. Let's dive into this week's discussion. Alrighty, welcome back from your mega break. We are now in our winter season of 2023. I'm still writing the wrong dates on checks. Um, I learned today that I was uh, that that I'm um, the the millennials don't really write checks. Jordan was telling me he's never yeah, like, wrote really a check for checks. anything. Yeah, you don't write checks. No, my yeah. husband does though. I write so checks. He's, he's the check. Yeah, or just I just go to the post office and get money orders for everything. <laughs> yeah. So I'm joined today, as you can probably guess, by Jordan Marotti. No. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Hi guys, it's Kristen. If it was Jordan, he'd be whispering. Yeah, he'd be a whisper. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I told him, well, when he preached, I think he took my my comments in mind because when he preached, he was like trying to very good volume. Good. Well, yeah. that's good. To hear. He did a great job. He did do a great job. You got to encourage him when you see Jordan, encourage him in his beard. Yeah, <laughs> he's he's been working hard on that. Yeah. 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 On and the you, beard? On, on the, the beard. beard. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you're you just a podcasting fiend these days. I know. Days. I'm like Mr. Podcast. I'm Mr. Podcast. I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have other podcasts? I'm more we machine don't know than about? man. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm experienced in the podcasting business these days. So thank you for everybody for, for the support for the Journey Through Scripture podcast, by the way. Uh, it's going going well. I'm I'm recording episode 195 today. Oh wow! So I'm like ahead of, and I forget if I mentioned this to you, but like, I meant I a year ago when I recorded the episodes that are being posted now, I was going through like a hard time in my life, and I mentioned it on the episode. So now I have people like, hey, if you want to talk, okay? yeah, 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 <laughs> which I greatly appreciate. But I'm like, oh snap, I. <laughs> shouldn't be that specific in things i talk about so yeah how was your winter break there oh, from was, well it's not really winter break it wasn't really but, winter break yeah but it was fun i don't know what we did but it was fun yeah oh actually we got together my community group got together for the first time nice. uh, face to face ever which was a blast nice um because we're a zoom oh yeah because you're a zoom group right we're a zoom group so we see each other on you're sundays like, you are real was yeah. anybody catfishing the group the <laughs> whole time no, but some people were taller than I anticipated. Oh, yeah, that ha- that happens. <laughs> but yeah, we had a little potluck dinner and got together face to face all at the same time. That's a good move. We, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Yeah, that's the ideal uh, community group move. Yeah. Nice. We get together once over the break and and see each other, spend time hanging out. Yeah, yeah. I'm visiting Alex's group tonight. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, that's are you right. like guest speaker? I guess, sort of like that. We're working I used to be out. in his community group. Did you? Before there was the need for Zoom groups, and I was like, in Alex's get group. Get me the heck out of here. Yeah, exactly. No, <laughs> <laughs> no. That was a fun. That's a fun group of people. Nice. <laughs> All right. Well, um, so just so you know, as we were doing last uh, season, we're putting the seltzer review at the end of the episode. So stay tuned for that or just fast forward now. <laughs> and. Um, uh, we are in Genesis 1 today, new series, Origins. Woo-hoo. That's right. Back to my favorite book. Oh, yeah. We, yeah, we, like, we like Genesis. <laughs> it's good stuff. As long as we're in Genesis like once a year at this church, it makes me happy. Yeah, yeah. You got you to gotta get your Genesis in there. And you got to get your Romans 1 in yeah, there. Exactly. So check, we've checked <laughs> check, both check. boxes this week. Done. So, yeah. So, um, uh, yeah, so I, I, the way I summarize the main idea of this week's passage is God defines who you are and why you matter. 
and we'll get into that message in just a minute, but I want to just uh, survey through the um, announcements. Now, we're putting the announcements at the beginning of the Community Extras video, so for those of you who show that, it might be a little redundant. The only thing that I would just point out that you're especially going to want to share with your group is the opportunity to provide meals over at Servant's Heart. So that Nate Dorka has reached out once again, and nice. uh, they're doing great work over there. Uh, I actually heard someone's doing a wedding over there. Someone's uh, getting married over there. So they must have really nice facilities Where? that they've been able at the Servant's Heart Place in Patterson. What? A word. No kidding. Oh, yeah. I'm not even making that up. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, Nate, did you build that? I'm sure he built it. <laughs> this cross in here. I know. Built, Nate. Nate has built a lot yeah. of good things around yeah. this place. He built a balancing board <laughs> that I have in my office. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that bench in Impact Central, the him and Matt. In, oh, yeah? Built that. Oh, that's right. Yeah. They That was penance, though, <laughs> for doing what must not be done. They, they, yeah. They made an unauthorized emergence website. It's oh, my, yeah. It's my favorite. It's my favorite story. But that's a story for another day. Okay, so um, icebreaker for this week. What's the best thing you got someone for Christmas? Um, I don't have any particularly interesting stories, but I think that that might probably launch a, a good uh, good tale or two. That's a, so. that's a pat yourself on the back moment. That's what, right. <laughs> what yeah. is the best gift you've ever given? Yeah, 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 yeah. The I best can't. thing I've given is myself <laughs> in my, my heart, yeah. I yeah, me cooking Christmas dinner. That's like what. Oh I man, we had prime rib. That's what we did. Yeah, <gasps> it was so. You good. did the reverse sear, right? We did. Yeah, yeah. That's a good Slow route to go. Slow and low for and, hours, and, and then, then blast then it. Blast and then, the heat, and yep. and so Eddie and I eat a lot of venison, which has like zero fat content. That's right. And so when we get beef, oh. <laughs> <laughs> You guys are just, it's a good day. just like dripping down. You have, you have like zits on your chin. Next week. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's let's get into our. For the record, uh, I don't. Uh, yeah, yeah. No zits on the chin here. Yeah. Anyway. You're coming. <laughs> just clearing that up. I'll edit that out in post. Don't worry. No, I won't. Okay. Um. So. Uh, so the first thing is read Genesis 1, 1 through 25. I don't think we need to do that here. Not that we don't like reading scripture, but I think most for people probably for the sake of time, because we need all the time to talk about like, this is a you know, doozy of a, yeah. <laughs> doozy of a sermon. Yeah. This week. yeah. 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 So, and, and really like, um, you know, the focus is on verse 26 yeah. and 27 and stuff. So, um, so in the creation account uh, here in Genesis 1, and by the way, you Feel free, if you have people who have questions about, like, creation, evolution, things like that, uh, I did one of this year's summer sessions on that, and uh, so you or someone in your group might find that helpful. It's on the sessions page under resources on the website or the sessions podcast. Yeah. One of oh, my that's three right. podcasts. I was thinking of YouTube as well. That's right. It's no, 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 it's not. not. No, no, no. We oh, don't do that right, anymore. The summer they, sessions was. They were uh, like, you know what, right. Doug? You're too ugly. We can't put you up on YouTube anymore. So yeah, we don't we don't do the YouTube thing anymore. Although I kind of miss it because that because now yeah. I I can wear the same shirt every week. I I, I enjoy the podcast because I can listen while I drive. Yes. Thank you. All right. Yes. All right. So. Um, so just that as a resource for you. So what are some of the things that you learn about God in this passage? These are very standard Bible study questions. Yeah, these are Bible kind of, study 101. Kind of meant to get you through this part quickly, you know, because this is not where the meat of the sermon mm -hmm. was. Um, but 
Um, what are some some things that we we do see here about God? Um, obviously, that everything that exists owes its existence to Him, yep. and all the things that are entailed in that, right? Mm-hmm. And God creates order out of the chaos. Yeah, He's it's laying out and there is an order of things. Yep, yep. That God creates by His word, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Um, we also see, uh, you know, the 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 spirit of God is pre- is uh, prominent in verse two. Um, here, like right at the beginning of the Bible, we get kind of hints of you know God manifesting Himself in more than one way in the in in the Bible. Um, obviously, you don't have like a do- developed doctrine of the Trinity here or anything um, that's going to be uh, till later in the Bible that you get that, but. Yeah, so you see that stuff? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You also see God, um, and I guess this is kind of like, what are some of the things you learn about the world in this passage? Um, I think something really important to point out is that the material world is good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's not something evil that we need to like overcome. Or escape from. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's something that God cares about that, that uh, you know, he delights in creation. In and his... therefore we can also delight in creation. Yep. Yeah, exactly. That we're, we're when we enjoy the goodness of creation, we're enjoying something that God created good. Um, you also have like that things are created with a purpose. I think is another big thing, right? I think, for example, of the sun and the moon and the stars. You know, they have a purpose. Um, uh, the 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 waters, the lands, all all of this are you know are given purpose. Um, and yeah, so and uh, creation obeys God. Yes, yeah. So he's not not just the creator of it, but yeah. he's the the, the the sovereign over it, yeah. and it yeah, yeah, that's exactly. good. Yeah. So uh, in this chapter, God repeatedly sees that what he has created is good, which we mentioned. But why is it important for Christians to remember that? Yeah. Um, well, I think I mean you can take this in a lot of di- different directions. The uh, you know kind of like what we said just said is that you know. Uh, we could tend to think of our faith in like a purely spiritual mm. uh, way in which, uh, which, you know, depending on your definition of spiritual might be okay. But if you mean that like this kind of like the Star Wars worldview, right? Like uh, luminous beings are we, not this crude matter, Yoda says. Right? <laughs> and But that's actually not the biblical worldview, right? right? The worldview is that like, like the materialness of creation is part of what is good about it. Mm-hmm. And um, and such is the case with us as well. And so the things that we do with our bodies matter. The body yeah. matters mm-hmm. um, to God. And, um, you, you know, uh, the, the ultimate hope for the Christian is not to be a disembodied spirit on clouds. Right. Right. It's the physical resurrection of the dead. It's, it's God coming and renewing mm-hmm. his creation. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's like when when Christ is resurrected, he still has his body, yeah, with the scars. Yep. Um. And so this is kind of the. And it's and he's very intent on that. wanting yeah. to show that to yeah, him. He's like, exactly. I'll prove it. You want to eat a fish? You know, uh, yeah. I'll eat a fish. Stick your hand right here. Yeah, yeah. Give me that. <laughs> give me that finger, Thomas. Where do you think you're going, buddy? <laughs> yeah. Um. So pointing <clears throat> out, and I think that was in a great contrast to to the day where. And and to the the theology or the belief that, like you said, it's something to be overcome. Yeah. Or it, or exploited even. Like, yeah. We don't need to care for this because. And it's interesting, like that, like 
in in our day we kind of like marvel about Jesus being God, which we should, right? Yeah. And yeah. Jesus being divine and but and and more than human. But one of the things early on in the church that people struggled with is how could he be man? Mm. And so that's where a lot of Gnosticism mm. kind of like why, that's why that appealed to and seduced a lot of early Christians. Yeah. Um, and so like you know did God Jesus just seem to have a body? Mm. And that's why like First John is like. You know, anybody who denies that Jesus came in the flesh, you know, is, you know, un- that's unbelief right there. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's get into the to the meat of the sermon. And here we will read it. So we're going to be talking about the image of God. So, Kristen, would you uh, read for us Genesis 1, 26 through 31? Nah. No, I'm just All right. Never mind. <laughs> All right. Here we go. 26 through 31. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of all the earth and every tree with seed and its fruit. And you shall have them for food and to every beast of the earth and to every bird of the heavens and to everything that creeps on the earth. Everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. And God saw everything that he made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning, the sixth day. Right. I like how you emphasize it was very good, right? Like that's part of... Yeah. Yeah. That that pattern was established, that everything was good, and now he's declared it very good. Yeah, yeah. So you notice the distinction there, and that'll feed into a question we have uh, pretty shortly. Uh, but first off, uh, a question that probably a lot of people are wonder wonder about: uh, Why do you think God uses the first person plural pronoun here? Let us make man in our image. Um, and I think most Christians, at least most Orthodox Christians, uh, probably have an inkling as to an answer here, but. Let's. Uh, I give you guys uh, some notes here as to how to work through this um, or how to discuss this if this is a question you want to mm-hmm. use. Um, again, the study guides are, uh, the questions are optional, what you think people in your group would like. So the first um, possibility is that this is a plural of self-deliberation. So uh, the... Uh, Let me see what's going uh, on here. Exactly, exactly. Let's see. Let's see, let's right? Let's see which what's is, going on here. Which is yeah. let us, yeah. right? But you might use it for yourself. Yeah. Oh, I do all the time. Yeah. My kids are like, who are you talking to, Mom? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Not me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. And, and the problem with this is that, like, you're kind of hard-pressed to find examples of this where, like, this is actually used in the Old mm-hmm. Testament. So I'm not going to provide references for the disputed passages but it's just kind of like you know uh doesn't seem to be all over the it's place. not the norm not the norm uh, and but- i wouldn't write that way if i'm on like if i'm writing something down i wouldn't yeah. be like and i said to myself let's yeah. see what's going on here yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, that's not tip, that's more like the way you speak than yeah. the way you write. Right. Uh, I also I will note I think it's important uh, the other places where God speaks like this in the mm-hmm. first person plural, you get the one in chapter three where he says the human beings have become like us. Mm-hmm. Or then you have it again in the Tower of Babel when he's like, "Come let's, on, let's let us go l- down and see." Yeah. Yeah. And then the other places in Isaiah six in the commissioning of Isaiah when he's like, "Who will go for us?" Gotcha. Okay, so those are the places where we find that in the Bible. Uh, the other option, and this one you might be able to make a better case for in Isaiah 6, mm-hmm. but this is God speaking to angels or other spiritual beings. Yeah. Which, of course, has some weird implications, namely that we're created in the image of angels. Right. Um, which, you know, maybe the Bible is claiming that. Who knows? But uh, I don't think it is. Because Nor do the- I. <laughs> All right. We're on the same page here. <laughs> Um, the weakness of this view is that angels are not mentioned elsewhere in Genesis 1, right? So it would be weird to reference someone who's not been around at all in the narrative, right? And that the singular is used in the next verse. So God created man in his own image, right? It doesn't say, so he's created in their own image. Yeah. Um, uh, in the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. So, like, there's definitely a grammatical mismatch if that's... um, And then the third option, which I'll tell you, when I used to be, like, an Old Testament snob in in seminary, this was, like, verboten. Like, this is out of context. This is New Testament stuff. But, I don't know, in my years since then, I've mellowed down and have become much warmer to this interpretation that this is a veiled reference to plurality in God. Um, of course, reading the as a Christian, right, and, and having the whole Bible to be able to interpret its parts, um, of course, we know that you have three persons in one God, uh, so the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. And interestingly, in context, uh, I think this is strengthened by the fact that in the context, the Spirit has already been right. mentioned in verse 2. I'll be honest, I always assumed that this was the case. Yeah. Yeah, and I think a lot of people ever thinking uh, yeah. much about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Never mind then. Never mind is that, that question. Is that? I mean, like, is that that might be wrong of me? I probably should have considered more why it was why yeah. it's plural. <laughs> and I think a lot of people do, but I get I get enough questions to know that like there are people wondering about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People people do ask. Well, it's it's unusual. It's not obvious. Right. Yeah. 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 And maybe and maybe you know people have an inkling that it might be that. Uh, Notice that I don't use the word the Trinity here Mm. um, because uh, obviously I believe in the Trinity, but, you know, um, I think like if we want to just be careful with what can be claimed from this text itself, you know, that there's some kind of plurality and unity being played off of each Mm -hmm. other here. That's why it's us and then he created, Yeah, you know, and, and not to mention like if we're going by what's already been mentioned in the context, you do have the spirit, but you don't have the son mentioned. Right. So, uh, yeah, that's why I say plurality in God. Um, I think that's, you know, probably the better way to to do it. But but again, as an important point for understanding the Trinity properly, um, it's plurality and unity, you know, coming Mm -hmm. together in how we conceptualize God. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What's the next question? So in the sermon, we learn that the creation of mankind is set apart as the pinnacle of God's creation. 
In fact, the text does this by breaking the pattern, which we mentioned before, that we have seen in the other days of creation. What are some ways that the creation of mankind is told differently than the rest of creation? So one of the things that Ryan talked about was how we see God not speaking man into existence like he does all the rest of creation, but getting down into the dirt and using and and forming man and then breathing life into man. Yeah. Which is a break from the God spoke and it was so. Yeah. Yeah. God, um, you know, and especially you get this when it's elaborated on in chapter two. Right. Yeah. Um, Yeah. You've got you've got like the. um, uh, you know, it's it's kind of almost like uh, less of creation obeying him than him actually doing it. Mm. You know, I guess you could say. Yeah. Yeah. So that's definitely a way. What else do we see here? Um, we see, well, first of all, there's a lot more attention given, right? There's more ink mm-hmm. spent on that. Yeah, the yeah. we kind of had a kind of like a pulled back view of it. And now we've zoomed into like we're on the earth that has just been created. And this is what is happening. So you get kind of like a, I, mean, I think of a, a picture of like the world from yeah. outer space. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, now yeah. we're zoomed You're in on the ground. In. Yep, yep. And then chapter two will be like a super zooming in. Yeah. On, yeah. And then... Um, You've also got, you know, conceptually, right? Like we are the only ones who bear God's image. Mm-hmm. Nothing else is said to correspond to God in that way. Yep. Verse 27, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Yep. Yeah. Uh, we And then we see like the position that man is given over the uh, the rest of creation. You know, we're the, we're the ones who are over the other things that he has made. Why the repetit like why is it repetitive there the verse twenty seven it's super oh um I think just emphasis it's yeah I mean I think it's meant to stand out it's so it's this is poetry uh-huh. so this is the first like poetic thing that we find in the Bible and you can see it because of the parallel lines mm-hmm. so like one line is saying what another line is saying but added to it mm-hmm. so yeah um I th- I think that's just meant to underline it okay. you know. Um, to, to underscore plus notice like how how each part of it um, uh, kind of adds to the next God created man in his own image in the image of God he created him okay so that basically like repeats it yeah. right like I'm saying it twice but that's it's not enough to just know that male and female he created them which I think serves as an important counterpoint for chapter two. Because if you didn't have this, one could say... That man alone was created in God's image, yeah, not like women. Yeah, male alone. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Um, that there's some kind of... But here it like mm-hmm. forces you to see man and woman with equal dignity, mm-hmm. which is, you know, I don't want to overstate the case as if like all you saw back then was like super, you know, patriarchal and women are like right. nothing or anything. You know, sometimes we're, we can be surprised by, you know, that uh, some ancient views... But, you know, definitely the temptation is to see, you know, this is a very male-centric society, and so they're the ones who really count or something. Well, this is kind of establishing something that runs throughout the whole Bible, which is uplifting the view of women in a time where women were not viewed with such respect and dignity. Yeah, and like right off the bat, yeah, like the first thing that's said about mankind (laughs) is like, just in case you're wondering, yeah. This is is how it is. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Um, 
Yeah. So the, in terms of like comparison with the rest of it, I think you you know you got a lot of that. Also, you noted before, Kristen, that it was very, very good. good. Yeah. So it was just good, 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 and then very good. And I think also the the final thing that I'll say the way that the text sets it apart, I think just by virtue of, of the fact that it's last. You know, like oftentimes, like when we're told things in the Bible, like the thing that comes at the very end is kind of like the punch. Mm -hmm. I think of like how parables work Mm -hmm. sometimes or think of like the promise to Abraham. Right. Uh, um, You know, I'll do this and this and this and this. And in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. And Mm -hmm. that's like the high point of the whole Mm -hmm. thing. So, And it's almost a similar structure to even the genealogies where you have this pattern established like. Yeah. This happened, this happened, this happened, this happened, this happened, this happened, and then <laughs> And then and then, and then you get the and difference. Then it gives you the last thing. Yeah. And then it, let's hear a story right. about that last thing. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um okay. Um what does it mean to say that each one of us is created in the image and likeness of God? So what does that mean? Hmm. Mm. Well, that is a good question, Doug. No. <laughs> <laughs> so I think for starters, um, our, it establishes our identity, who who we are, mm-hmm. who are we, we're representatives of God. We are like God in certain ways. And um, it also establishes who we are not, which is we are not God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're distinct from, it's It's kind of interesting because the word image, likeness is not that, that common of a word in the Old Testament, in, in Hebrew, demut. But, but selem, image, is. Hmm. And if you look it up, like if you look in a concordance, most of the occurrences of image are referring to idols, like huh. a physical statue that represents the God. Now, I don't think it's like God is like, creating let idols. us make an idol of myself. <laughs> no. Like, but the idea is like, if you want to know like how to truly bear forth the Lord's image, look at mankind, mm-hmm. look at us. Uh, and I love that because like, it's not just like look at bad Brad Pitt and like you know Angelina Jolie or something, but like like it's not just Brangelina, it's the rest of us too. But you know what I mean? Like like you think of like the unborn child being mm. formed in in her mother's womb. You think of like the the old man drawing his last breaths, like who mm. hasn't been able to do anything except crossword puzzles for the last ten years. You know, like everyone. You you think of like. You know, the geniuses among us to the people who, you know, aren't as smart or aren't as good as th- at things. Like every single one of us bears something of the image of God. And that's extremely dignifying to yeah. all human beings. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah. Um, and I, I like what you say about like representatives, because like the other idea here is that um, uh, kings in the ancient world would typically put an image of themselves in a place where they ruled. Mm -hmm. So you look at this and you know that's the king here. Mm -hmm. And so, in a sense, you transfer that idea to human beings by seeing one another, that's us imaging forth to one another and to the rest of the creation that God rules here. Yeah. Like, that's kind of like the idea. The only other thing that I'll, I'll mention, too, is that it does seem to be connected with the idea of exercising dominion. Mm -hmm. Uh, of ruling the rest of creation because ev- he, like he gives all things the the plants the animals the yeah like to, he he says that right after he yeah. talks about the image and then the kind of like the real thing that kind of like seals that is the other big passage in the Bible that talks about the image of God which is in Genesis nine which is the covenant with Noah 
God talks about the image of God and then once again gives this mandate to exercise dominion. Mm -hmm. So the two ideas do seem to be connected. The other big place, and I actually put it in the study for today, is, uh, is in Psalm 8 where it talks about how he made us a little bit lower than the angels and gave us, once again, dominion over the work of his mm -hmm. hands. Only, in fairness, the actual um, uh, image likeness terminology doesn't occur there, but the idea is, mm -hmm. is certainly there. Well, I think if we can just bounce back to the first question a little bit too, this section, um, what it tells us about God is that he is our provider. He's mm. the one who provides the the food, the the living place. Like he provides yes. all of these yes. things, I've and we are now, for food. Yeah. yeah, we just have dominion over over it and and represent God as we, um, as we care for it. Yeah, but he's the one who provides it. Yep. Yeah, yeah. God provides us, uh, but we still have a role, right? Yeah. We're not created oh, just to be us like work. leisure. Yeah, yeah. work is yeah. a good thing. Yeah, yeah. And I think Ryan's getting into that in the next message Ooh, and good. next Sunday too. Um, okay, so let's talk a little bit about twisting the image. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, here, it's get, <laughs> just got real in here. All right. This week, we learned that human beings failed to live up to our created purpose. I mean, I guess we knew that before this week. But, um, either by we just, just, we just like, <laughs> holy cow, are you kidding? <laughs> either by holding too high a view of ourselves or too low a view of ourselves. Okay. So thinking too highly of ourselves. Let's talk about that. Um, thinking too highly of ourselves means that we assign to ourselves rights and characteristics that belong only to God. Mm -hmm. All right. So why is it a bad thing for humans to define their own identity, meaning, and purpose in life? Right. So here we see God assigning meaning, identity, and purpose. Why is it a bad th thing for me to figure that out on my own? Because we are clueless. We're clueless. No. <laughs> no. Well, that's true. I'm not wrong about that. <laughs> No, I think it's it's bad for humans to define our own identity because we're not the one ones who like we aren't the creator. Yeah. Um, God is the creator, so He's established it, so He only has the right to say the purpose, um, yeah. what it define it, what it is. Yeah. Um, and we're just the created. We can't then be like, no, no, no that's it's like somebody who makes a piece of art and mm -hmm. then like some art commentator comes in and says this is what this means mm -hmm. and the artist is like that's not at all what i had in mind that's a good point or or, or the re or a book that's been written yeah. or like postmodern yeah. interpretation yeah yeah um and so it's just kind of like who has more authority to say what the meaning is and it's, it's the person who who created it and in the same way it's it's god is the one who created it and so therefore he is the one who gets to determine mm. the the purpose and the meaning and and what it is yeah got like god has the uh the say as the author yeah of life right yeah, yeah. and it's not just, and also so there's like kind of like a right that god has to that and there's also like a matter of like wisdom and knowledge too right it's like god actually knows the purpose that yeah. we were created for <laughs> you know like we don't really yeah. i mean think about it, like how far are we into human history mm. and people who are ignoring god are still trying to figure it out mm. you know um yeah, so there, there's there's a lot of that. I think also because of our sinfulness, right? Mm -hmm. Like we'll we will use um, we will warp meanings to to feed our sinful desire. Absolutely. Warp, you know, um, uh, my purpose here is to make myself great or make mm -hmm. other people think 
good things about me and things like that. Right. And, you know. Because of sin, our relationships are broken. Our relationship with God is broken. Our relationship with each other is broken. Our relationship with yep. with the earth that we are supposed to have dominion over is broken. Yep. Um, so therefore, it's also bad for us. Yeah. <laughs> Which also, actually, that you said that just reminds me of something. So, uh, you know, we are all different types of people coming to, coming to groups and things like that. Mm-hmm. If you've got folks in your group who are like real hip to like being green, and taking care of the environment and stuff, which I think maybe we should all care about yeah, that, right? absolutely. But like this is, the stuff you, you're getting here is like, you know, where you want to root those doctrines. Yeah. Or not, I don't want to say doctrines, but like that that practice, that yeah. mindset. We should be green and care for our earth because God is the creator and author of life and yep. he has given us dominion not to exploit it, but to care for it. Exactly. Couldn't, yeah. So re-listen to that last five <laughs> seconds and memorize that because so, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to top that. So what are some examples of people defining their own identity, meaning, and purpose? Uh, are there? I, I think, yeah, I, I, think, I think plenty, you know. Um, Go, for, yeah. Go ahead because I can't think of <laughs> Feeling cynical today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no problem. Um, you know, I think... Um, you, I mean, you could choose like things that are, um, that are, you know, people will perceive as innocent. I think maybe like the most, the most, uh, you know, kind of sinister. So maybe just like, Oh, on the flip, exceedingly good to let God. Oh, yeah. I read that wrong. <laughs> I read that really wrong. Yeah. I can think of lots of good things. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Lots of- yeah. yeah. I um, thought it said, why is it exceedingly good to let people define our identity? Oh, no. <laughs> like, yeah, no. There isn't oh, any. You, you like mix the two questions? <laughs> yes, I yeah. Did. Nice. Uh, yeah, no. So, some examples of people defining their own identity. So, like, you know, real like ones that are like otherwise there's a lot of positive stuff too. Like, people get like super sunk into identities within their families, right? Like, I am a mom or I am a dad or mm-hmm. I am. And, and that's what I am. And so my responsibility is to like, first and foremost, like to hit these goals and, you know, and those goals become like your defining purpose in life. Like it's pretty much like all the things that like we can make an idol of. Uh, my meaning here is to make art or whatever, yeah. or different seasons in life. Like maybe my meaning is to like be super in shape uh, for the purpose of, sports or just you know making an idol of my own health or maybe to make myself real sexy for the opposite sex or something you know or for the same sex right like like these are like me- ways in which like we twist the meaning of life like that's what I'm here to do um I'm here to make a lot of money I'm here to to you know and um you know making that our identity meaning and purpose in life like even if you find a meaning, identity, and purpose that is good, that can be positive, number one, it can be twisted and corrupted. And number two, it only really is good for us if it's in the context of a Godward life, right? If he's our true meaning, identity, and purpose. Like, otherwise, like, you're just using the components of a godly life where and you're leaving out the core right. you're leaving out the main thing well i mean and just look at the fluidity of life so you like so for instance you make an idol out of being in good shape for yeah. whatever reason whether like i do well 
Sure. (laughs) Whether it's, all right, keto. (laughs) So whether it's, it's like for your career or what have you, but down the line, your body's going to fall apart. Yep. Um, you're yeah. gonna get you're gonna okay, get a so, knee injury. You're so going to you're saying age. It'll, it'll you're eventually going to, go away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so if you're if that is if you have defined your identity mm-hmm. based on your momness, mm-hmm. but then your kids grow up and they leave the house and you're no longer a mom. That's true. Like in the sense of of caring for people in that one way, because hopefully your relationship with your children changes and you're not treating them like they're four anymore. Like, you know, so it's going to change. And so if that is your identity, you no longer have an identity once that has changed. Yeah. Um, And you better take up watching wheel of fortune. Yikes. Like, like no wonder people have midlife crises, Mm -hmm. (laughs) late, late life crises because um, their identity has, has shifted and now they no longer know who they are. Yeah, that's a that's a good point as well. Yeah, so there, so yeah, so um, uh, definitely a lot of fodder for conversation there. Yeah, but yeah, that's a that, those so those are the, your essential reasons and and some essential examples, um, and pretty much we all run afoul of this. So you can use oh, yourself yeah. as an example of things <laughs> that you tend to examples. find meaning and identity in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, you know, I, let me just also say that like I think. You know, Ryan really handled the topic of like gender identity and stuff mm-hmm. like that well this week, I think. And a lot of people were helped by that. And, you know, you're not going to miss that if you heard the sermon. Um, but, you know, like this is obviously like a big passage for that, right? The creation of uh, of human male beings, and male and female, right? Yeah. And this is kind of like another way in which meaning, identity and purpose is um is defined by human beings themselves, right? Where you've got this like very clear indicator of what God expects, how God expects you to live out your life, like what, you know, what what gender he wants you to live as. And you say, no, because I have this strong feeling that I should be the other and just say, you know what, I'm going to assign my own identity. I'm going to write my own, um, my own purpose in life, my own, you know, um, and it's almost like you're trying to rewrite your own programming that mm-hmm. way. Um, and, you know, it's this is, you know, obviously something that pe- some people feel very deeply about. So be careful if you do end up discussing these things just to do so with respect and realizing that a lot of people like, you know, who struggle in these areas, um, that this is something that is um, very deep and personal for them. It's very much wrapped up in their identity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and because, so we want to be their care. identities wrapped around it. Right. Yeah. yeah we want to. We want to deal with it with care. And I, I think a lot of that too just comes from the way that it's, it's framed by certain elements of our culture, mm. right? Like that. This is the most important thing about me, and this is worth building my identity around. And if, and if I can't live in a world that is cool with this then what reason do I have for living? Mm. Or you're deeply under misunderstanding me as a human being. Mm. You know, like it's important to give proper weight to different parts of, you know, our lives. Yeah. And and making one thing into everything, um, I think is is a dangerous move. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Okay. On the flip side, why is it exceedingly good to let God define our identity, meaning, and purpose? Well, because for all the reasons we said earlier, yeah. he, he is the creator and he, 
even if we don't understand why he's done it this way, we can, and he's declared like he is good. God Mm -hmm. is good. God is holy. So what he declares to be good, he's clearly like he has a reason for creating it that way. And we can trust that because it is how God said it should be. It is good. Yep. Yeah, I I think that this ties in very much to the initial temptation in in the garden, uh, where um, one of the tactics that the serpent uses in order to persuade uh, the woman is that he he's he says you know uh, you will not surely die. God is keeping this from you because He knows that when you eat of it, you'll be like Him. Mm-hmm. So this idea that like God is keeping something from you, yeah, that questioning like, you would God's be happier goodness. if you have, yeah. So you're yeah. questioning. You're not relying that God is good, and right. actually, you're either saying that God is incompetent or that He's not good, right? And, and and ironically, he like when Satan is tempting them in the garden, he's tempting them with what they already have. Yeah. Yeah. You will be like God. Yeah. Well, we've already seen here. Aren't, yeah, you, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> they are like God. Yeah, 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 that's, I don't I don't think I've ever put that together, but yeah, that's exactly, um, that sounds right, yeah. Um, uh, okay, uh, how have you experienced flourishing by allowing God to define your identity, meaning, and purpose? How have I not, man? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, in my my own life, it's when I was trying to do, it's not like living life on my own, trying to define life for myself. I was clueless. Like I I really was. Hmm. And so I was just making a mess of things. Just making it up as you go along. Yeah. And just feeling lost. And Mm -hmm. then it's like finally with surrender to God, it was just kind of like this weight of, I don't have to decide these things. God yeah. has decided it for me and it's so much more rest. Like I can rest in that. Mm, and yeah. I mean, I know that's all like not very practical nitty gritty details, but it's like, that is true. Yeah. That's just how it felt. Yeah. It felt like being lost, being kind of <laughs> winging it and yeah, making yeah. a mess of it and yeah. being like, my life is falling apart. <laughs> <laughs> And then, and then extreme peace. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I like, for me, it's, um, uh, kind of like becoming part of something that's bigger than me and Mm. bigger than my own personal mission. You know, like, um, uh, you could be content not being the best at everything. Oh yeah. Um, that's so freeing. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Just, just being you and, and doing your best to serve god and saying Mm. if i you know if i did this for you lord then you know then the mission was a success Mm -hmm. you know and in the ways in which i fail short you i know you forgive me and you you know you bring me back into your fold yeah but uh yeah and and uh just realizing that like i you know i could be part of this of this thing that god is doing in the world which is the most important thing Mm -hmm. and playing some role in it Mm -hmm. um is you know tremendously tremendously liberating for me um and i think i've also like it also allows you to kind of like be able to distinguish between the small things and the big things in life Mm -hmm. uh the things that matter and the things that really don't yeah yeah i think i think uh something like our society doesn't like the idea of surrender like uh culture doesn't uplift those who surrender Mm -hmm. to uh to really anything yeah. it's kind of like you got to fight for 
you know, whatever it is that you believe mm-hmm. um, and surrender is a bad thing. But when it comes to, to Christ and to letting God define us, it's, it is a matter of surrender. Yeah. Surrendering what our will is for God's will. Yeah. I think like, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, like it could be definitely interpreted by some as like a blueprint for being an underachiever, right? <laughs> like, like all your personal motivation was like, is out the good, but, but I it's, don't, it's, I don't think it is because it's no, cause it's a, it's, you're actually, Ex- you're, it's like you're exchanging, into, you're exchanging it for what is truly important. Yeah. Like what yeah. is not important for what yeah. it truly is, yeah, 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 yeah. you know? And, and there's, it's kind of like this, this paradox in the Christian life that I sometimes say like, following Jesus is both the easiest and the hardest thing in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, it's easy in some res- in some respects and it should be, but in other respects, like it's a life of taking up your cross and following him. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's just a different way of living. Uh, okay. Let's look now at verses, uh, v- verses 18 through 25, uh, five Romans. Sorry, this is yeah, Romans. Romans one. <laughs> I was looking at that as I'm reading that. I'm like, wait, did I put the wrong verses in? No, Romans, Romans 1, one, 18 through 25. Do you want to do that one too? Sure. Or? Okay. All right. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. For he is inv- for his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools, and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. Therefore God gave them up in the lusts of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. All right. Thank you. Yeah. Um, Okay. Um, What does Paul mean by saying that human beings suppress the truth and unrighteousness? What does that mean? That, of course, is uh, a reference to verse uh, 18. Yeah. Right there. Um, I think one thing that sticks out to me here is that like truth and righteousness kind of seem like they're in separate domains, right? Like one is like an intellectual thing, like what is true and righteousness is like, how, how you doing? You know, it's like, I don't want to say like moral, it's kind of like a moral category, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. And the moral thing actually comes into the intellectual things house and says, I'm taking you hostage here. (laughs) You know, like, like this is a stick up. Um, (laughs) Right. And so like, like this is not to deny that there's no, like there, there, there are no like legitimate objections to truth about God that people can't have honest questions and things like that. But I think it's important to realize that like, like uh, unrighteousness has a profound impact on what we are willing to accept as true mm. and what we are not. Yeah. Um, and there's a bunch of reasons for it. Like a real simple one is because if I don't believe in God, if I push him out of my mind, then I, there's no one I'm accountable 
sport besides number one. Yeah. And so especially when it comes down to matters of integrity, like what mm-hmm. you do when no one's looking or what you think in the quiet of your own head, mm. um, you know, if if I don't think that, that there's a God who knows me better than I know myself to whom I'm accountable mm-hmm. to, then... I'm right. I don't, it's easier. It yeah. makes it it makes it easier. So I think like that's that's one way to think of it. Uh, there are of course others. Yeah. Well, I'm kind of thinking about how I mean God defines goodness. What what goodness is? Mm-hmm. So we we can't measure something as good or bad without God as the measuring stick. Mm, yeah. Like He sets the standard for what is good and what is not. Yep. And so if we're trying to establish a truth outside of God's standard, Mm -hmm. our measuring stick is going to be unrighteousness, Mm. not the righteousness of God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that brings me back again, if I may go back again (laughs) to the garden, right? Yeah. Like, it all comes back to the garden. A lot of it comes back (laughs) to the garden, right? And, but it's like, she saw that the fruit was uh, good for food and a delight to the eyes, desirable to make one wise. That's her using her own measuring stick right mm-hmm. there. That's not God's because mm-hmm. God's measuring stick was, is it a is it uh, of the knowledge of fruit of good and evil? Mm-hmm. All right, then don't do it. You right. know, right. I, I don't care whether you think it looks like you want. You know, it's desirable in this way or that mm-hmm. way. You know, I I know things about this that you don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, how does your own unrighteousness suppress the truth about God in your oh, life? Oh, Lord. That's right. Tell us all about it, Chris. This is going to be a longer podcast than usual. Um, <laughs> how much time you all got? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man. I need a minute to think about this. You wrote this question, so you yeah, barely yeah, thought about I, it. <laughs> yeah, I thought about it a little bit, you know. Um, all right. I know, like, so, like... Uh, I struggle sometimes with like telling the whole truth, mm. you know, like, don't worry, I'm not like a bloody liar, like all the time, right? <laughs> but like, you know, like things that, that maybe I know need to be said, mm. I won't say it as much because like I, um, you know, I'm afraid of someone getting upset or I'm afraid of, um, you know, someone getting mad at me or something or or whatever, you know, and so like I won't like be as um, maybe truthful sometimes as I always as, as I should. So that's a way that I struggle with mm. that. And I think, you know, um, and maybe things that I need to make clear about God, you know, I'll do it because I like I, I, I might, you know, beat around the bush more than I need to or be less direct than I should. Mm. So that's something that I struggle with. Yeah. Justifying sin because like, yeah. Yeah. No, I get it. I do that too. Yeah. Um, I think some like something that comes to mind for me would be, um, I, oh, I had it. What was I thinking about? I was thinking about my kids, kids. clearly, because nice. that's you know what I do. Or with you? Uh, oh, so like concern about their future, concern mm-hmm. about their like how they're gonna turn out, and I f- like I put pressure on myself like, like if they aren't a Christian when mm-hmm. they grow up. Yeah. For yeah. instance, and I'm putting all the pressure on myself to make them a Christian and it's something that I have anxiety and worry and concern about. Mm. But the, but at the end of the day, I have to trust that my children are not my own. They are God's. And um, the their future, their story, whatever that looks like, um, God loves them even more than I do. And I just have to tr- like, 
I suppress the who God is in the lives of my children. Mm. Um, because, and I, I try to take on that role oh, of, for, okay. yeah. like, I'm trying to be God to I my children you. and make you. their lives go the way I think they should go instead of trusting God mm. to be God and make their lives go the way they should go. Does mm. that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it does. <laughs> it does. It does. Yeah. Yeah, t- taking on and and it's it puts an unrealistic burden on yeah. us when we do that. Well, that's too, right? yeah, like the anxiety and the worry. Yeah. It's like I'm gonna screw this up because I screw it up every day. But <laughs> obviously, I think that people should that raise their kids in a godly home, right? But I yes, do often absolutely. think of like most of the believers that I know, like I you know because I, I listen to a lot of testimonies in membership interviews, mm-hmm. and I've just known a lot of Christians, obviously. Through I don't know a ton who it's like. My parents just raised me so awesome, and I just like you know, uh, I just discipled my way yeah. into adulthood. Yeah, you know, it's it's usually a little bit rockier than yeah. that. And so, again, that not an excuse for sucking as a parent, right? But well, so the way I've heard the best the best uh, analogy I've heard for this is um, recognize it's setting the kindling, mm-hmm. setting the environment, like putting kindling. You as a parent put kindling and wood on, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. like you're building a fire, yep. but but God is the one who actually lights it on fire. Mm. Like um, you can you can do only what you can do, but God is the one who ultimately kind of controls whether That's that great. will be ignited. Um, and so just remembering that Elijah style. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, the, the, the 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 picture Paul paints here is that we, in our fallenness, worship what is created rather than the creator. What things are you tempted to worship instead of God? Um, For me, I guess, self. uh, I like food a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes I'll delight more in a meal than I've delighted in God today. You know, that's a... That's a thing. Um, sleep, man. Sleep, yeah, sleep, <laughs> sleep. Yeah. I often think like, man, if I just get three more hours of sleep a day, I be would be awesome, awesome yeah. at life. <laughs> and that's not true. Yeah. God is my sustainer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think just generally like being good at things, mm. you know, like I'm I'm tempted to work, like, like my goal is to have the best uh, you know, summer sessions mm. evening or something, as opposed to like, you know, I'm doing this as an act of worship, mm-hmm. you know, and it just, which is real slimy mm. because they're this thing that like you should be doing, I should be doing for the Lord. I end up like doing it just because to, to satisfy my own desire to be an overachiever yeah. oh, or man. something. That's, you know? it's, and that's just a huge temptation in general Yeah, um, across the board, no matter what job you have. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. No matter what, no matter what you do. Yeah. Because I want to do a good job. Because yeah. I'm the person who does a good job. <laughs> yeah. Don't you know that? Yeah. Uh, for I mean, even too, I think of like so. Darcy, we only have three bedrooms in our house, and Darcy's still, you know, like a little fighter at night and yeah. doesn't quite sleep. So she's currently in the basement. That's her, like her bedroom. Nice. And so, like, even just like, oh, I keep dreaming of like daydreaming about, um, like, oh man, it'd be so great to have a bigger house with another bedroom. And, but that's like, we don't, you know, like you don't need, I don't know. Yeah. I just thinking scrolling Zillow. Yeah. <laughs> that's like <laughs> the, the latest yeah. and greatest, yeah. like dreaming that you have somebody else's car or somebody else's house or 
all of that. It's not someone else's bushes <laughs> in front. Yeah. My bushes are particularly ugly. Okay. Um, how does this passage in Romans 1 relate to what we are learning from Genesis 1? Uh, because this is talking about how, you know, well, Genesis 1 is all God creates everything good. And then Romans 1 is how we just like screw it all up. Messed it up. Yeah, yeah. And, and it uses like creation language, right? Obviously. Yeah. Right? Like, so I think, for example, in verse 23, we exchange the glory of God, of, of the immortal God for images resembling birds and animals and creeping things. Right. right? Things that Same. he created. Those are the exact language of Genesis yeah. 1. Yeah. And so, yeah. And so just, and, and of course, there's like high concept in there where like, you know, um, uh, we're created to uh, to be God's image bearers, and that entails worshiping him, and have, and he is, you know, first over all things. And we say, you know what, I don't want that. I want the things that you created mm-hmm. um, instead. I, I love the gift rather than the giver, mm-hmm. you know. Yep. Um, all right, now let's think about thinking too lowly of ourselves. So time to, time to get depressed. <laughs> all right, thinking too lowly of ourselves mean that we deny the importance and dignity given to us by God. So read Psalm 8, 3 through 8. You're probably going to have it first. Got it. Yeah, look at you. Uh, that's because I'm the best at <laughs> I, finding I've, Bible passages. I've always <laughs> lost at the sword drills in oh, yeah. Sunday school. I hated well, it because I, I was so bad at it. I have to sing the song it. in my head. We had the song for the Bible, uh, verses, uh, books of the Bible. Yeah, I never memorized that either. <laughs> Uh, when I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you care for him? Yet you have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings, and crowned him with glory and honor. You have given him dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, and also the beasts of the field, the birds of the heavens, and the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the paths of the seas." Notice again how much creation language is in this passage as well. So how does the knowledge that humanity is created in God's image inform how you should think about yourself? I mean, like he gave us purpose. Mm -hmm. He gave us work. He gave us dignity. And so... Therefore, we who are we to say that we have no dignity? Who are we to to say that... um, yeah. Who are we to say that we're worthless or yeah. unimportant? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Or like, you know, I've failed, so I don't have worth or, right. or right. you know, yeah, exactly. It's, like, it's God who, like we've been saying all along, it's God who's, who is the one, one who has the right to give definition. Yeah. Um, and uh, on the flip side of thinking we're too important. Yeah, it's balance, right? Yeah. Yeah. It, and I, like, I, I you know, I, I mean, and this also really affects, like, how we think about other people, too. Mm. You know, like, especially, you know, uh, people whom in our pride maybe we look down on, like, yeah. they're not as successful yeah. or they're weird or something like that. And, <laughs> you know, everybody's got that person in their head, you know? But, like, no, that's a person, that person bears the image of God. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Um, no yeah. matter how different they are from you, um, yep. they, they have worth. And look at that. And purpose. That is the answer to the next question. Uh, boom. See that? See How what we did there? How does this knowledge inform the way you should treat other people? We answered that. Well yeah. Done. There we go. Man, look we're just that. kicking butt and taking names. <laughs> 
what are some ways that our culture devalues people who are created in the image of God? Oh, what ways does culture do not do this? Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I think, oh gosh, like I think the most prominent one is like the way in which our uh, culture twists sex, you know, like mm. everything from like, I don't know. Uh, other people are something to consume. Uh, there's something to consume. There's something. Yeah. And even like I'm deriving pleasure from their sin, from their like, you know, crashing their spiritual plane into the mountainside. Mm. Like that's something that excites me. Yeah. And and then like taking advantage over that. So like I think like that's a very uh, big thing. And, and but there's also like more quote unquote innocent, I guess we could say, ways of doing yeah. that where like there's such an emphasis on beauty and looks and things like yeah, that. I was, I was and, thinking of the advertising industry even. Mm, and that's, yeah. it's just commodifying people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and their image, not not valuing them as a whole human. I yep. mean, that's just I'm speaking broadly. If you're in advertising, it's not like everybody's in advertising. <laughs> evil, But like just, yeah, smaller ways in which we can devalue. Mm hmm. I think another way to think about this, too, is in um, what our culture exalts as like the important people to care about. Hmm. Um, Like because and this is it's kind of hard to get out of this frame of mind. But like we live on a globe. Right. And like the and so like if all I care about is like how I and my country are doing, like I I can't help but think about that. Think like that sometimes. Like I, I've been listening to like geopolitics stuff right now and like listen to like, oh, China's not not doing so great because of A, B and C. And I'm kind of like, all right, yes, China's <laughs> not doing so great. So America will be out on top, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like I, I can forget. And even thinking about like Russia, like we hate what Putin's doing by going into Ukraine and stuff. And forgetting and so about like all the people sanction who the are... heck out of the country. Yeah, yeah. And forgetting that, like there's billions of people yeah, made in Jesus. the image of God who need Jesus. Yeah. And. What I care about is, you know, this small circle of the globe that I call my home. And that's where the church really stands out and and is different because we, one, we are a global family. You know, like we have brothers and sisters all over the world and um, like global missions. Like we should care about the unreached people groups, the the people who don't have access um, to Bibles the way we have access to and, and hearing the gospel, yep. um, we need to care about those things. Yeah. I think like but, immigration issues yeah. too with yeah. that, you know, like yeah. that, that, that they, these are people creating God's image. Yeah. Um, yeah. The guy who buses my table, you know, do I, do I love him? Like, yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, uh, let's see here. Where, where, where are we? Um, we are. So how, how can you can plow you a plow counterculture by affirming the worth and there dignity of other there people? Go, Look at that. Look what we just. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it's I, almost like you wrote these questions. I, I, <laughs> yeah, it's almost like I remember what I wrote yesterday morning at five o'clock. Um, I think that, um, uh, well, I guess maybe this is too easy of an answer, but I, I've benefited greatly from like purposely placing myself in ministry with people um, who um, are sometimes like, you know, looked over. Mm -hmm. Um, And like one of the things that like I was a prominent part of my walk for many years was like nursing home ministry, Mm -hmm. you know, and people who are forgotten there, people who can hardly remember you or don't remember you at all, you know, and just like going and, and, um, 
and being with them and ministering to them. Like that was something that I thought was helpful. And I remember like, I remember this one thing. I won't, I won't take up too much time here, but I remember like this one time, like there was a woman and the orderly there asked me to, since I was with her, could I help her eat? And I remember that like, she was just really physically deteriorated Mm. and like it, made me like I say it to my shame like it made me kind of like grossed out to have to like feed her and I just started in my head just being like Jesus loves you Mm. Jesus loves you and like I was able to do it you know and I was you know and I was able to sit with her and hang out with her that day and stuff and just like yeah so I think like purposely placing yourself in ministry opportunities with people that you are in your sin tempted to look down on is the way you know a great way to do it oh yeah yeah oh yeah i definitely like i mean i've i've been a part of like homeless homeless ministries um Mm -hmm. and it's hard i mean these are people that like if if i'm not specifically doing a homeless ministry very often it's tempting to just like be in the city and just walk right past without even making eye contact and giving the dignity of human contact Yeah, not answering them because they might ask you a difficult question right um and so but like when you step into homeless ministries at least for me like it's a really stretching thing like the whole time i'm like i am terrible at this i'm just doing what god told me to do um and it's hard it's it's certainly so it's even just being countercultural to yourself. Yeah, like what am I going to say that's going to answer these people's problems? You yeah, know? Like, I, I exactly. Really it's like I can't, I can't fix their problems. Yeah. I'm not, I can't fix them. Um, but, but they are image bearers, and, and I'm yeah. told to love them as image bearers. Yeah. Um, and no, I'm not going to fix them. Yeah. Only God can do that. Yeah. Um, and so you point them to Christ the best you can. Yeah. 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 All right, so big question time. How does the gospel affirm the right view of ma- mankind? Not too much of ourselves, not too little of ourselves. Like, come on, man. <laughs> come on, man. Uh, yeah. Like, I think, uh, you know, it's... Um, it's we it's not much not much of ourselves right not too much of ourselves because it takes the humility to acknowledge i cannot save myself yeah well you got to be I, like i kind of stink doing yeah, this yeah. on my like i it's can't do it on my yeah it's an admission that you stink <laughs> it's an admission that you stink and that you need help yeah. but also uh you're handed in turn a very important role to be the image i do stink <laughs> Doug just smelled his armpit. <laughs> Where is your deodorant, sir? <laughs> That's right. No. All natural today. But um, it's recognizing how, one, that we are just, we can't do this on our own. Mm-hmm. We're going to fail, and we're going to fail a lot, and we need help. Um, and it takes grace. Yeah. Um, uh, so it, it makes our view of ourselves right. Yep. It makes our view of God right because now he is elevated into who he it actually is. And we recognize that. And it makes our relationship with others right because suddenly we're not trying to be better than. We're not feeling mm. like we're less than. We're just recognizing that we are all kind of on the same yep. We're the, same the same page. We're in the same boat. Yeah. yeah. And and it and it helps us to not to think too little of ourselves because it's also the realization that although I am that, God loves me enough to send his son yeah. to die for me. It's kind of like Psalm 8 on steroids, right? <laughs> like the, the gospel Psalm 8 on steroids, right? Like <laughs> what is man that you are mindful of him? Mm. Well, he's so mindful of us that he would give Jesus to mm-hmm. die for us. Yeah. 
which I think is a good place to wrap up here. So the uh, prayer time, prayer suggestions. Praise God for making you and everyone else in his image to declare his glory to the rest of creation. Pray that the Lord would open opportunities for you to affirm people's worth and dignity. And pray for someone you know who needs to stop either thinking too much of themselves or too little. Yeah. All right. Good well, talk. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for <laughs> sticking with us. And again, thank you for leading. We love you and appreciate you. And don't feel uh, bashful to reach out if you need to, questions or comments or anything. Um, and uh, I think it's time to crack into some tasty seltzer. Oh, I forgot. That's right. Oh, my goodness. Thank you. That's, uh, yeah. So, <laughs> all right. So this was a gift from Stephanie Clausen, our very own director of E-Town and young children all things young children i will say it's a beautiful can beautiful from can. trader joe's trader joe's this oh, is oh you're gonna like this one doug lemon and ginger juice i hope so i hope so these ginger seltzers can be hit or miss that's true but uh yeah so this is trader joe's lemon with ginger juice i like that they don't just go lemon ginger because that they totally could have just said cheers. that i'm sure it'd be the exact same thing all right cheers Mm -hmm. I mean, the smell is what you expect from ginger and lemon, I suppose. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> I like it. I like this one a lot. This is good. You know what it is? So do you ever drink Spindrift seltzers? No. Okay. Never mind then. No. <laughs> so they're very, very natural tasting, almost to where it's like it's too natural yes, tasting for me. Yes. I feel, we I, should I, review one yes. or two because... It is very this natural. Is, this has got it's that not... vibe where it tastes very natural, especially the lemon. Like if someone was like, this was a ginger seltzer and I just squeezed lemon into you to it, I, I believe it. But it's, it's very pleasant. It is very pleasant. It's refreshing. This it is, is a this is a summer's afternoon, hot afternoon drink. It's, it's a little bit dry. Like, uh, you know, like dry, like a champagne would be dry. Right? Yep. Like a, it most definitely is. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's very, this might be the driest seltzer I've ever had. <laughs> we're, we're now wine. What are the, what That's are they right, called? Yeah, uh, like, uh, a Somali. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My best friend growing up is one of those. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is, um, so this is, uh, the Trader Joe's, uh, lemon and ginger juice organic. Cause it's Trader Joe's, of course. It's called so, seltzers with a splash. If you're at Trader Joe's picking up your crunchy, stuff your free range your organic your, uh <laughs> granola then uh be sure um, to pick up some of this stuff because it's very tasty their kringle around the holidays is the best thing that's a, that on Danish, earth that, that yeah, oh yeah. yeah 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 if you're ever at trader joe's around the month of december pick up the kringle oof da <laughs> i think that's a danish thing to say is it i think so and then read uh doug's just making sense and then read some some uh hagar the horrible cartoons <laughs> okay all right on that note <laughs> on that note thank you for joining us this week and we oh will... bubbles oh bubbles we got to give the bubbles so i do four I don't love the dryness, but I do like the refreshingness. I'm going to give it a four and a half. Ooh, well, I can't do that. You can't do that. I got to get away from Come that. On. All right, I'll go with your four. We give it a solid four out of five bubbles. Worth picking up for sure. Yes. Let us know what you think. Enjoy. Peace. <laughs>